House come to order if members can take their seats. This budget is a huge job maker, and the number one solution to economic insecurity is a job. Hungry children can't learn, and it's our responsibility to try to help. Equality and opportunity. I believe most people are here because they want to do some good. Welcome to Capital Ideas, where members of the Majority Democratic Caucus in the Washington State House of Representatives sit down at the Capitol and talk about ideas. We've been producing this podcast since the pioneer days of 2009, but if this is your first time, that's okay. You picked a good one to start with. Today's featured lawmaker is Representative Kirsten Harris-Talley of Seattle's 37th Legislative District, and the featured idea is doulas for all. We'll get to that conversation in a minute, but first this. Representative Harris-Talley is a longtime activist and educator elected by her neighbors in 2020 to work for them in Olympia. She's vice chair of the House Committee on Children, Youth, and Families, and also serves as vice chair of the Legislative Black Caucus. Besides that, she's a member of the House Environment and Energy Committee and the Finance Committee as well. She's interviewed here by Caitlin Burton. We recorded this conversation via Zoom on Thursday, February 17th, and here it is. Hi, I'm Caitlin Burton with Capital Ideas. I'm here virtually with Representative Harris Talley. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to chat today. Of course. So I know this has been a really busy week, especially since we just passed legislative cutoff. So how's it been going? It has been a busy week. We had a really long filibuster day. I think we were on the floor some a, a little over 20 hours. It was quite sweet. A couple of days later, my six-year-old was like, why are you still tired, mama? That was a long time ago now. And I was like, well, I haven't quite caught up. So, but getting excited now that we're, we're looking at our bills on the other side in the Senate, it's that, that next round of adrenaline you need um, mm-hmm. working with community and making sure that their priorities get over the finish line. So excited about that momentum. And one of those bills that passed was your bill that has to do with birth doulas. And we'll get into the bill more, but just to start off for people who maybe aren't super familiar with what doulas are and what they do, could you sort of explain that some more? Absolutely. I love doulas. Doulas are folks who've been in our communities a really long time, um, but we haven't always called them doulas. And they are people who assist folks who are giving birth to help us towards the birth outcomes that we want and to help us really with one of the hardest moments that you have, which is what it is to help bring um, a little person into the world. And it takes a lot of strength and energy and focus and doulas help you do all of that. They work with birthing people from the time that you are pregnant and preparing for your birth through the birth process, Mm -hmm. helping you understand your rights and how you can show up and what you can advocate for and also helping with pain reduction techniques and other things. They can also be supportive of your partner if you have a partner while you're going through your birthing experience. And then they can also support those new parents um, in post as postpartum doulas, helping with everything from feeding the baby to night time, um, watching of the baby while parents get that precious rest you need as a new parent. So really help folks through that whole transition period from being pregnant to being a parent and a really important consideration for those who find themselves needing advocacy for any number of reasons. And your bill I know just deals with birth doulas, but are there other types of doulas, whether it's for end of life care or whatever it may be? 
It's a great question. And yes, um, this bill is specifically focused on birth doulas, but there are folks who do doula services for just as you said, end of life or death doulas. There are folks who help with those transitions for loved ones um, and other types of care and doula services. So one consideration is that they're different from midwives, they're different from OBGYNs, they're different from other folks who have are medical providers in mm -hmm. those birthing moments. They are non-medical people, but highly trained for what they offer in skills. That's what's been exciting about the conversations with doulas in community as this bill was being built over time. How do we find a way to respect what they do and honor the fact that being non-medical and being advocates is what they do? And what sort of, you mentioned training, what sort of training or classes do they have to go through to become, to become a doula? A lot of that um, happens in school settings, very similar to what midwives or others would go through. So they have mm -hmm. to learn about a lot of medical things such as anatomy and physiology and other things. They'll do observation rounds, practicum rounds, working with already experienced practitioners and doulas mm -hmm. to come into spaces and work alongside them. So the models and ways that they go through of building their skills and building their experience actually mirrors a lot of the medical professions that we see, which is a lot of skill building, a lot of deep understanding, and then practical application and use before you do it on your own. I know when I tuned in to hear more about the bill when it was passing, there were some members sharing some personal experiences with doulas. Do you have personal experience with that as well? I do. So I, um, I'm really blessed. I'm the mother of two. Uh, we have a fifth grader and uh, first grader now. And my second, when they were born, I had a precipitous birth. And what's unusual about precipitous births is they are extraordinarily short. My birth was an hour long. Wow. And I found um, I, that I was literally leaving work and had um, a friend with me who served as my doula through that experience. Um, I ended up having to be rushed to the hospital. My midwife, I was planning a midwife and a home birth. My partner and co-parent couldn't get to me. So what that experience was of having someone there and her role was to advocate for me um, and stand beside me. And I ended up being rushed to triage. She was right there. That was a really transformative experience. My sister actually went through a whole course. She was going to serve as my doula for that. I've been really blessed to know many doulas over my time here in Washington state. I was not experienced with doulas until I started working reproductive justice work. So my rooting in this is really around a history of what it is to have folks in community helping others through these transition periods. And we've had a long history of training um, and places mm -hmm. for this to happen for a long time here. So it's really exciting to have, if this law passes for the first time, to have the state recognize those certifications is an exciting development. I'm not a parent myself, but I can only imagine during what seems like a really scary experience to have an advocate that's there just for you, just for your family, is that sort of the same thing you've heard as you've been talking to lawmakers or even just people in your district, those same sorts of stories of why the support is so important? Absolutely. I know in my birth and what I hear from so many folks, right, the, the, the thing with birthing is it's about trusting your body and your experience and what's happening, but it's, it's a scary thing, right? There's these moments where you really think, I can't go on, I can't do mm -hmm. this. And the thing about working with a doula is they've been helping you and getting to know you and helping you through the process all the way through. So for me, what was transformative and what I hear so many folks talk about is what it is to have someone that you hear and you trust in that moment, that their job isn't about maybe making sure the baby's okay or your blood pressure or other things that other folks in that room are paying attention to, mm -hmm. but just to advocate and encourage you in the goal of what you're doing to birth and to have someone dedicated wholly to you and your care in that moment 
or you're doing something that new and challenging, people talk about it being a wholly transformative experience. And I will say it was for me, both my mm-hmm. births, I had a doula, even for my co-parent, having a doula with us, with our first birth, having that planning for our birth, we didn't have a hospital birth with our first birth, but it helped my partner be more comfortable knowing they were going to have an advocate beside them and advocating for the, for me if we did have a need for that. So it ends up being care for the whole unit that's wrapped around the birthing person. It's, it's a really unique thing to have a doula. And there's a legacy of racial justice in this as well. You know, when I first moved here, there was one black midwife in the entire state of Washington. Many of the folks providing doula services are doing it in language, mm-hmm. culturally significant. They come with an intersection of identities that can match the folks giving birth, which has them have a unique understanding of when bias and other things are showing up in the way medicine and other things can show up in birth, which can also be very comforting when you know maybe you want to advocate for yourself to have someone who can tell you, oh, this is what is allowed legally or what isn't, you know, and then let you make the choice for yourself, but know that you have someone to help make things clear. It can be very empowering at a moment when you really need it. And so many people have, we've heard story after story of that in the testimony folks have given. Mm-hmm. How have doulas been involved in the process of this bill too? I know you mentioned that you've been talking to doulas and you have family members who are doulas, but how does that look like too for this? This is one of those bills that are my favorite, like that real community work. It's the ideal of what we want in democracy where community knows there's a need and they organize around it and then it becomes a law. There has been a coalition called Doulas for All that's been organizing for four years before we even introduced this bill. And they've been convened and coordinated in part by Surge Reproductive Justice, which is an amazing queer, trans, and BIPOC-led organization that does statewide policy work in reproductive justice. Um, So really oriented around community, those most impacted leading the work. So these are doulas from a whole variety and number of years of work in Washington state who wanted to make sure that this policy did two things. It both created a certification standard that's recognized by the state. So an option for doulas who want that recognition and that that certification, they can have it. And then once we have that certification, it's gonna open up the option where Medicaid can now cover the cost of doula services. Right Mm -hmm. now, folks have to pay out of pocket for that. So I know for my family, health insurance doesn't cover it. That's not something that you have. So these I, these kind of policies that are built by the folks on the front line of the work, the reason it's thinking about the most impacted folks first is because those are the folks they serve. Those are the folks they know need their care. So I'm really excited that community built this and I'm so thankful that the Doulas for All Coalition was able to organize in this way and hugely honored when they asked me if I'd sponsor the bill. So I know this bill, this bill has a really great name, by the way, Doulas for All, sort of like you mentioned. Um, what goes behind the name? What does that mean? You mentioned access to, so how does that all come into play? This is led very much by doulas of color, many of them LGBTQ, who really recognize because they come from reproductive justice work that recognizes that the systems that we have now historically have left some folks without what they need to have equity in our healthcare. And so these folks really come from that understanding and work. And I know that that's why they did a bill that's a priority for Medicaid coverage, right? They could have instead decided as a coalition, well, let's just do an insurance coverage policy, which means very much the folks who already can pay out of pocket 
for these services would just have insurance coverage. It wouldn't necessarily still meet the need of those who most at need of advocates when they are having healthcare. So I think there was a lot of intention brought um, and that's what they really mean by doulas for all. They want those most impacted who would have the least amount of access to be the first ones to have this coverage in Washington state. And so that sensibility has very much been at the root of them bringing community voice in every step of the process of this bill. When folks go back and watch the testimony on this, you'll note these are folks from all sorts of communities everywhere talking about their different birth experiences and how much having that advocate made a difference in their joy and um, empowerment and the outcome and the health of their baby. What do you hope to see two years from now, four years from now, when this bill is implemented and more families are able to have access to doulas, what do you think it looks like now that they don't have to pay out of pocket anymore and you know anyone who wants a doula could have access? It's, it's hugely transformative in ways that's hard to even imagine now. Right now in Washington state, 52% of our burrs are covered by Medicaid. I mean, imagining that half of the burrs, there was someone there advocating alongside that birthing person to think that every person who had Medicaid coverage had access to that. It means also that we would be having more doulas certified in Washington state, hopefully more training for culturally competent, linguistically connected, deeply rooted community members who wanna help be doulas and support their communities in this way. So I can see more and more opportunities for folks to become training and be those types of healers in communities. And I think the most beautiful thing, right, is that folks who wouldn't necessarily know if they could be successful in having a birth, experiencing that, having an advocate beside them, and really lovely, loving, healed births and babies, um, where folks really had really positive experiences in giving birth. That's the ultimate goal of all of this, healthy parents, healthy babies, and loving communities. And so you mentioned that this bill has to do with certification. Could you explain that a little bit more? Would every doula have to get certified? Is it, what sort of processes does this change? It's a great question. And the Doulas for All Coalition worked very closely with the Washington State Department of Health, as well as the healthcare authority to really outline carefully what we have outlined in the, the law about what certification looks like. It would have a process where we would create some rules along with those two state departments around what sort of skills and practicum things would need to be shown for the certification to be given. It's wholly optional. So for those doulas that right now totally legally in Washington state can give their services and someone can pay whatever their hourly rate is directly to them without any insurance or Medicaid coverage, they could still continue to do their services that way if they so choose. But if they wanted to also be covered under Medicaid for some of their clients, they could choose to have the certification. And then just like every other type of certification, there's a, you know, a processing fee, a process for that administration, a review of the certification, and a time when you would re-up and go back to have your certification checked. So in a lot of the ways, we have a lot of types of certification that happens in all sorts of systems, including our medical and healthcare systems. Those two divisions, the Department of Health and Human Services, as well as Healthcare Authority, really um, have worked closely with us to build what that infrastructure will look like. What's really exciting is, again, we had a clear focus on community having a voice there. So we have some considerations of folks who are working doulas and others to help build that, that architecture for the policy as well, which I'm really excited about with the implementation part of this bill. So I'm not sure how much people know about how much work goes into a bill before it's introduced and definitely before it hits the governor's desk. Where did this really start for you? Where did this work start? 
For me, I have been in reproductive justice circles for a long time now. And I first started hearing about a, a sort of inkling of this idea actually about a decade ago. A lot of folks in community spaces um, before the Doulas for All Coalition were spaces like Surge Reproductive Justice would, would host a lot of forums, mm -hmm. Open Arm Doula Services, which is actually here in district. Their home is in Beacon Hill. Uh, neighborhood there in the El Centro building there, they have a lot of practitioners who had really started talking about like, what is it, what would it look like and how much more access would folks have if they could have this service covered? Mm -hmm. um, and the big considerations always there was sort of where are practitioners and are there enough practitioners? For this coalition, I think the idea really became salient when the Doulas for All Coalition formed. And that was a space where doulas were starting to come together. And I remember hearing about that. I actually went in and went in with someone to talk about like, how does the legislative process even work? They were really just rooting themselves in how do we become organizers together? And they knew they wanted access for as many folks as possible in Washington state. And then over those four years, the clarity around the certification standard and how to get Medicaid coverage. And they really working as advocates went directly to some of the divisions, Department of Health and others to first start the conversations, really had a clear vision of what a certification standard needs to look like, that cultural competency needed to be a part of it, that they wanted language as the Department of Health does now, that's gender inclusive, that really lets anyone birthing know they could have access to these services. So really working through those conversations over four years. And then by the time they, they approached me last interim, really talking through which community partners, really a statewide coalition were already a part of the conversation. And for me, that's part of why I said yes. For me, I really look for policy that's been informed by people deeply impacted and also those who have the solutions who are from those same communities. So this really, and in so many ways is, is my heart work, the way that this policy came together. And you know, one of the considerations for me always with policy is, policy is only as good as people knowing about the policy and the resources we put behind it. Too often we'll pass a law and folks either don't know about it or we don't put the dollars that help reinforce it and make sure people know about it. The thing with doulas is because it's been a service that's been available in Washington state for a long time, but folks have been only having the option to pay out of pocket, already OBGYNs, midwives and others who we go to when we first know that we're going to be giving birth already often in their practices are like, have you considered a doula? Here are some referrals. We have a number of agencies that do direct communication in all the spaces where folks, when they're first learning they're becoming a parent, they need information. So we'll be able to tap into those conduits, we hope very, very quickly to educate folks that, and if you have Medicaid coverage, here's another option that you have for safety and security and healthy outcomes for your birth. So I'm very excited because a community built bill means it'll be seen through all the way through implementation. So I'm really looking forward to working with community all the way through. So your bill passed the House and now it's in the Senate. How do you think it's gonna go in the Senate? What sort of support are you seeing? So far, we've, we've been really ecstatic about the support. We were partnering very early with Senator Tawana Nobles in the Senate, who is also a colleague in the Legislative Black Caucus and also um, has been a champion around birthing work for a long time herself. So she really was, has already been advocating for us there. We were really honored that Senator Cleveland almost immediately upon it passing the House had it scheduled. And so it had its hearing this week. So right out the gate with the change of chambers. So that's a very good sign. 
And, you know, again, community showed out and shared their stories, um, both as parents going through the birthing process and as doulas providing that service. So it's hard to hear those community stories and not be compelled to take action. So looking forward to more conversations with my Senate colleagues as they keep this bill moving. So before you go, I know you mentioned the Legislative Black Caucus, which you're a vice chair of, and this bill is actually one of the priorities for this session. Are there any other bills that people should be looking out for that are moving through and what, what should people be watching for? Absolutely. The Legislative Black Caucus were 10 members strong for the first time in Washington state history this year. And so we're really working a lot of areas focused around healthcare. So we have a sickle cell awareness bill that Senator Lubbock introduced in his first year as Senator this year, having served of course in our legislature for a very long time. We're excited to have him in the other chamber now, as well as a proviso request for the Tubman Health and Freedom Center, which is a very exciting flagship development for a hub for Black folks who really need access to a whole variety of healthcare services. So that's one of our healthcare infrastructure proviso requests. So a lot of focus around the needs of Black folks around Washington State. We know there are Black folks everywhere and our needs are many and we really work to amplify every one of our neighbors' voices. Thanks so much for joining us. I know it's been a really busy week, so I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Caitlin. This was such a great conversation. I would love to do it again sometime. Awesome, thanks. That's it for this edition of Capital Ideas. I'll bet you know more about doulas and the good things being done every day by Washington State House Democrats than you did 15 minutes ago. That's good. If you want to keep up with the doulas for all bill, it's HB 1881, and I'll put a link in the show notes. If you haven't done so already, why not subscribe to Capital Ideas in Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud or Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is your state government. What goes on here matters. The more you know about how it works, the better it can work for you. I'm Dan Frizzell for the Washington State House Democrats, putting people first since 1889. Thanks for listening and come back soon. Thank you.